2020, episode 170. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Hey, what's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, your host of Ion 2020, that place that you come to Monday through Friday to hear the news, the related events, the things that are going on with the 2020 election, taking it from a libertarian perspective. That's what I do every single day to make sure that you guys are the most informed, the most uh, aware of the candidates and what they're talking about, so that when you talk to your friends, when you talk to your family, when you talk to your colleagues at work and so forth, you are well-informed because libertarians, we should be well-informed about this stuff so we can start changing the hearts and minds. You guys know what I've been talking about lately is changing the hearts and minds of the people of what they think and what they expect from their federal government because the federal government is a huge bureaucracy. It is overburdened and it is doing way too much and we need to start limiting that government. And the only way we're going to do that is by changing the culture. So I've been talking about that a lot lately. But hey, guys, I do appreciate you coming out and listening to the show Monday through Friday. If it's your first time listening, you know what? Thanks for listening. I appreciate that. And if it is your uh, second, third, and fifth time listening, and if you've been listening from the very beginning, thank you for that as well. Go ahead and give me a five-star rating and review if you continue to like what you hear. But those that you that those of you that are uh, first-time listeners, go ahead and subscribe. Subscribe to the show, okay? Uh, hey, you might have heard a new intro today. The reason why I did that is because I've been using this intro that has Rage Against the Machine, the song Freedom, on there. And that is pirated, apparently. I found this out. I mean, I kind of knew this, and I've been talking about doing this for a while. But finally, I've decided to go ahead and change my little intro. I am no expert at intros by any means. If uh, someone wants to send me a little intro, that would be fine. I would be more than willing to listen to different ones so that I can kind of make it sound a little bit more professional and all that stuff but what I've been doing right now I think it's working I'm I enjoy doing the podcast I don't want to uh it has been my goal to not sit there and just uh dump a bunch of money into it or anything like that where uh it's costing me a fortune I've been doing it on Anchor which is a free podcasting app I've actually been able to make a little bit of money doing this as well I've been dumping that money into uh basically anything that I make the little pittance that I make I've been dumping into like Facebook advertising and so forth uh, and also buying like this microphone that I'm talking on and just making sure that I'm reinvesting all that money into these shows so that we can continue to grow the audience because that's to me the most important thing is to spread the message of liberty and if I can do that, that'd be great. Uh, obviously, the more professional this thing sounds, the better, so that's why I invested in the microphone, but uh, just kind of threw together a little new intro uh, until I kind of put together something that's a little bit better as well. Uh, so I appreciate you bearing with me as I work out some of these kinks as well, but I just did not want to get sued by Raging Against Machine or Sony Productions or whatever company they that owns the rights to that music uh, for millions upon millions of dollars when I've probably, I, I've made about a, a teeny tiny tiny small fraction of a million dollars. I can only dream about making a million dollars, but that's not my goal with this show. My goal is just to uh, entertain and to um, explore the ideas of podcasting because that's what I'm enjoying to do right now. Um, and that's it. So 
<clears throat> what my plan has been to talk about over the next week or the next two weeks. So uh, today is Wednesday, and as of today, it is confirmed. It's going to be confirmed by the end of the day, anyway, on who is going to be in the debates for sure. Uh, that's the debates that are in, on September 12th and possibly on Friday, September 13th, if in fact there's going to be two different two nights of debates. So by the end of the day today, it'll be confirmed on who those people are that are going to be in the debates. And so I have just enough time to go over each candidate that's already qualified and maybe one or two more uh, each day until then. Hopefully that doesn't bore the crap out of you. Um, it might drive me crazy because a lot of these candidates are talking about the same stuff. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick apart their policies and their proposals from a libertarian perspective and just kind of bash them and let you guys know some things that you can talk to your friends about if they start saying how great Elizabeth Warren is because she's handing out free free, uh, free college education to students or something like that. Uh, so I'm going to start off today, probably uh, go ahead and let you guys know about each of these candidates over the next week and a half, and then I always do a pre-debate show, and then, then I will also do the debate shows. If it's one night or two nights, I'm not sure. Uh, if it's a Friday night one, I'll probably end up watching it over the weekend and release that on Monday. Uh, for the Thursday night show, I'll actually stay up late and watch that, and then I'll put out that show at 5 a.m. on Friday morning, like I've always done. I think that my show has actually been the first one to put out, I think I've been the first one to put out any shows on these debates. Even I think I've beat some of the um, the news agencies like CNN and PBS and all of them to putting out a debate show, a post-debate show, which uh, impresses me since I'm just some little guy recording on an iPad and some crappy little microphone. Uh, and actually, I'm in a hotel room right now while I'm doing an overnight for work uh, doing this recording. So, I mean, I'm just the little guy, but I'm able to put out that episode before all the other people just because I make sure. I mean, my, my goal is to watch the debates take some notes, and then before I even listen to any of the pundits, I want to put out that, I want to start recording that show so that I'm not influenced by any of their views. And then I usually do the day after all the debates are over, I'll listen to all the pundits and stuff like that, and then I'll do a wrap-up show of the debates just to kind of see what the pundits are saying to let you guys know uh, what the what the follow is, was from the debate, because... You know Joe Biden's going to make a gaffe, you know Bernie Sanders is going to look crazy, and you know um, Kamala Harris might start yelling at somebody, and you know that, uh, I don't know, I mean, all these, and, and who knows, Tulsi Gabbard, if she's in there, she might go off on some tangent about war that gets all the libertarians excited. You never know what's going to happen in these debates, you know? So uh, it's always going to do that post-debate wrap-up as well, after a couple of days after that show's over, or after those debates are over with. So today... Let's jump into let's jump into Elizabeth Warren, okay? Because she's pretty much the front runner. She's going to be the one that is the uh, person that is there to be beaten at this next debate because she's been moving forward in the polls. Uh, there was recently a poll that came out which showed her tied, actually beating Joe Biden. Uh, but the thing was about that poll is there was it was a very small sample size, way smaller than most of the other polls that were done. So it does show Joe Biden at 19%, and it showed uh, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders at 20% of the vote each. 
but I mean that was a it was a very small sample size. I think it was actually under 500 people, and usually these polls will have 1,500 to uh, 2,000 people that are sampled, so they'll have like a two or three percent margin error of error. This one had like a six percent margin of error, so it definitely is not a poll that's going to hold up by any means. So I mean, it might really show that Joe Biden is still way ahead. Uh, and, it, and, you know, Elizabeth Warren just kind of got lucky that that margin of error helped her out quite a bit. Same thing with uh, Bernie Sanders as well. So, but let's jump into Elizabeth Warren. You know what she's been talking about, right? Her main thing is she is the woman that has a plan for that. And if you go to her website, uh, I'm, that's what I'm going to pull up right now is her website and see exactly what she means when she says she has a plan for that, because uh, to me, her plans are obviously a lot of statism and stuff like that, but what I want to do is kind of see what her plan for all this stuff is, because if she has a plan for that, well, let's figure out what her plan is, you know? That's that's always the best thing to do. So you go to her, you go to her website, and I think the originally, I don't know if you guys remember this, uh, if you listen to my first show, that was all about Elizabeth Warren. And the first show that I did was basically Elizabeth Warren before she had anything on the issues up on her website. She pretty much had a donation page and that was it. So I couldn't really figure out what her plans were or what was uh, what what she really stood for at the time. But I knew a little bit about her. I knew that she was, you know, a socialist-leaning Democrat. She's a an attorney from Massachusetts, and she is also a college professor or something like that. So she's the one that says she has a lot of plans and stuff. And I'm actually looking on her website now. And if you go into the issues part of it, this is what it says. What will Elizabeth Warren do? This is the fight of our lives, the fight to build an America that works for everyone, not just the wealthy and well-connected. It won't be easy, but united by our values, we can big. We can make big structural change. We can raise our voices together until this fight is won. And then you go into her um, end Washington corruption. So obviously we all want to end Washington corruption. I'm all about ending Washington corruption. So I could probably agree with her on that stuff right there. But it does say this. Washington works great for the wealthy and the well-connected, but it isn't working for anyone else. Companies and wealthy individuals spend billions every year to influence Congress and federal agencies to put their interests ahead of public interests. This is deliberate, and we need to call it what it is, corruption, plain and simple. That's why Elizabeth has proposed the most ambitious set of anti-corruption reforms since Watergate to fundamentally change the way Washington does business. We will start by ending lobbying as we know it, by closing loopholes so everyone who lobbies must register, shining sunlight on their activities, banning foreign governments from hiring Washington lobbyists, and shutting down the ability of lobbyists to move freely in and out of government jobs. Wow. So, but this is what I've said from the from the very beginning, guys. If you want to end corruption in Washington, you may need to make government so limited that there doesn't need to be lobbyists, because if you had, let's say you had a flat tax rate of 10%, no matter what, across the board on corporations, and on individuals, right? And that was a capital gains tax was 10% as well. Every tax, no matter what, if you had to pay something like that, it was 10% of your income, right? So the income tax is 10%, capital gains tax is 10%, and income tax on corporations is 
There's no loopholes. There's no special favors. There's nothing. That's just the way it is. If that was the case, then you would not have lobbyists up in Washington trying to lobby their congressmen to get special loopholes and special favors for their particular special interest. As simple as that. You don't need, like Elizabeth Warren says, to pass this law and that law and another law. What you need is a government that does less. If you had a government that it is not involved in education. You're not going to have education lobbyists up there trying to get their book or this or that into the school systems and so forth. If you had a government that was not in foreign entanglements and bombing countries here and bombing countries there and needing this enormous military that is overbloated because it's in every country in the world, you wouldn't have all of the lobbyists over there in Washington, you know, trying to get the Congress to pass a law that's going to, or pass a bill that's going to fund this airplane or that ship or this boot manufacturer who's making boots for the army. You're not going to have that stuff because you have a government that is small and limited. You don't need the laws. You just need a limited government. But we do have the humongous government. So all these anti-corruption things that she's doing is, is just passing more laws. But what we need to do is start whittling down government and start letting people know that, you know what, there are going to be no loopholes, so forth. Um, now, that's pie-in-the-sky idea. Um, she is trying to say that, you know, you need to have a way to shine the light on these activities that they're doing and banning foreign governments from hiring Washington lobbyists. I don't know that you can really limit lobbying because um, all that is, that's actually protected by the First Amendment as the right to petition your government, right? That's one of the five rights that's in the First Amendment. And they can't really say that you can't do that. So I'm not sure how she expects to pass these laws or anything like that, but um, I just think that, you know, she she's okay with the giant government that we have. She just wants to end the corruption. The corruption is really specifically caused by the fact that it's just an enormous bureaucracy. And that's it, guys. Um, she says this is the next issue that she talks about. Rebuilding the middle class. After dec decades of largely flat wages and exploding household costs, millions of families can barely breathe. For generations, people of color have been shut out of their chance to build wealth. It's time for big structural changes to put economic power back in the hands of the American people. That means putting power back in the hands of workers and unions. It also means transforming large American companies by letting their workers elect at least 40% of the company's board members to them to give them a powerful voice in decisions about wages and outsourcing. It means a new area of strong antitrust enforcement so giant corporations can't stifle competition, depresses wages, and drive up the cost of everything from beef to internet access. As the wealthiest nation in the history of the world, we, she thinks that there's such simple... So let me go ahead and stop there. She thinks that there's such a simple way to um, rebuild the middle class, right? She thinks that it's all from a top-down approach. And uh, I've heard this, and I, I'd love to do a little bit more research to find out, but the idea that, that wages have been completely flat for decades, um, I think that's a myth, and I've heard that's a myth. There's been, like, in the last um, 18 years or so, wages have gone up by 7 or 8%, which isn't high by any means, but they have gone up. And the fact of the matter is, is the cost of products have come down significantly over that time as well. And the cost of like, like a lot of things that you have, like a TV and like the, the, the finer things in life have really come down significantly over that time as well. <coughs> so 
like the the standard of living that we have today is so much better than it was 20 years ago 50 years ago and 100 years ago i think i said that on last last week's show as well and to be complaining about all that stuff i just don't know um but i've i've heard that wages are starting to go back up again as well three or four percent per year and that's a good thing uh what what you need is more competition you need a better economy you need better if you have a strong economy and and businesses are competing for the best employees and even any employees so if you have no if you have near zero employment unemployment um businesses are going to be competing for those employees and how do they attract employees by giving more benefits by giving more money by giving more vacation days lots of different things and that's how you start to increase the wages of the people um especially in the in the in the modern economy that we have now I don't think you have to worry about the unions. The unions are, are a hindrance. I mean, that's what's driven a lot of these countries overseas, or a lot of these co- companies overseas, is the fact that there's union labor in America that's demanding just as crazy wages with different pensions and so forth. And it's just, uh, it's not a system that works. Um, now, if you have one factory in a small town and you're in some, you know, you're, you're back 150 years ago, there's one factory, a small town, then it, it would behoove the people to unionize and it in the in the business better damn sure listen to the that union and do what they say in some ways they because they'll strike and there's only so many people that live in that town that can work for you so if you can really get that business shut down if or that manufacturing plant shut down but we live in a age nowadays where there's multiple places to work at in every single town and the best way to drive up those wages in that way is competition and unemployment being low but her idea is always a top-down approach, it seems like to me, um, which I, I've, I've always been against, a top-down approach on all of this stuff. Being a libertarian, you just want free markets and, and, and it'll all work, at, work itself out. But we definitely don't have free markets today. We, don't ha- we have a sort of free market, but the, the government is involved in almost everything, and that kind of uh, makes it so that things are more expensive. It also makes it so that people are paid less in some situations and and so forth so she also says we need to strengthen our democracy so i've heard i've heard all these different stories about her doing this and that and she has a plan for this and a plan for that i just don't see where the plans are specifically like i see these ideas that she has but i don't see plans and that's what i was hoping to see on her website was that she'd have all these plans for everything long drawn out plans with like graphs and charts and we're you know so she's kind of faking it when she says that she has a plan for that um that's just that's just what i'm saying because everyone else has kind of these pie in the sky things written on their websites as well um they have just as much of a plan as she does from what from what i see and this is the first time i really looked deep into her website to see where where she's coming from so uh, this is what she says, strengthen our democracy. Our democracy faces serious threats at home and abroad. Strengthen it will require dramatic changes. Wow, she wants dramatic changes on everything, it seems like to me. So everything that we're in now is just terrible, apparently. Um, that starts with a constitutional amendment to protect the right of every American citizen to vote and to have that vote counted. But it's just the beginning. I thought every American does have the right to vote in some way, unless you're like under 18. So how are you going to have a constitutional amendment that protect every the right of every American citizen to vote and to have that vote counted. Now, they say American citizen to vote as a Democrat, but a lot of times they're kind of against this idea of using an ID to have you go vote. So 
see if we can sneak in or something. I'm not sure if that's even possible, but um, American citizens to vote. They're always against the voter, like using an ID to have you vote. Um, so I wonder what she would think about that. Then it says politicians are supposed to compete over how many voters they can persuade, not how many citizens they can disqualify or demoralize. Okay, so what she's saying is that a lot of the, and the Republicans are always accused of this, that they're trying to disqualify or demoralize people from going into the voting booth um, rather than persuade people. That's what Democrats are always saying. So they, then she says, we must eliminate unnecessary and unjustified rules that make voting more difficult. I guess that means like, the voter ID, they're using an ID, and overturn every single voter suppression rule that racist politicians use to steal votes from people of color. We need to outlaw partisan gerrymandering by Democrats and Republicans. At least she's willing to say they need to outlaw the partisan, partisan gerrymandering because the Congress does do that. They do make their congressional areas that they cover very much like weird out of shape things just to make sure that this neighborhood's in my ter my area and so is this area and all these places that they know the people are going to vote for them they want to make sure that that stays in their um congressional area that they're that, uh, that so that those people will still be able to vote for them so like these um districts they look really weird shaped and stuff rather than like blocks they're you know, they're shaped all over the place. Like, some of them look like spiders with, like, one big area in the center and then, like, these long legs that go all over the states and stuff. It's really weird to look at. So you just have to look at the the uh, areas and see what, see what I'm talking about on a map, maybe. So, yeah, so she wants to strengthen our democracy. I think that gets into, like, making sure that uh, other countries can't get involved in our elections and all that stuff, too. That's not really, I just don't see how she has a plan for that. I, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the plan. I'm looking for the plan, guys. That's what I'm looking for, and I just don't see it. Uh, equal justice for all under the law. Four words are etched upon the Supreme Court. Equal justice under the law. That's supposed to be the promise of our justice system. But today in America, there is one justice system for the rich and the powerful, another one for everyone else. That is absolutely true. And especially on the equal justice for like different minority groups and stuff like that, yeah. Blacks are definitely put in prison at a far greater rate than whites are. Um, and also, a lot of times, the poor people cannot afford to bond them, bail themselves out of jail. Um, but the rich, obviously, can get bailed out of jail pretty easily. So there needs to be some uh, criminal justice. Because the idea that innocent until proven guilty should stand in America, I am fully for that. And I, I've always felt that way. I mean, even people that are... Um, clearly guilty a lot of times. I sometimes, like if it's in the press, I, I mean, even this Epstein guy, right? Obviously, he, was, he looked like he was pretty darn guilty, but I still try to give people the benefit of the doubt, even in those situations there, because they are innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. And even sometimes when they are proven guilty in the court of law, it ends up being that they're not guilty. I mean, people have been put to death for that stuff. People have been put on death row. I think they say like one out of every... One in every ten people on death row is innocent, and they actually found this out to be true whenever they do, like, these DNA tests and stuff. And in some of those cases, it's even hard for the person to get out of prison then. When they do prove it, and it'll take, like, two, three, ten years for them to get out of prison, and then the DA who, you know, the district attorney who prosecuted that person will come back and try to fight that person even getting out of jail, even though it's been proven that they're innocent. So, yeah, we need criminal justice reform. So she's right on that particular issue, for sure. Um, and I'll support her on that. Foreign policy for all. 
From endless wars to strain military families to trade policies that crush our middle class, Washington's foreign policy today serves the wealthy and well-connected at the expense of everyone else. I don't even know if it serves the wealthy and well-connected, except for in the military, obviously, but the the uh, trade policies don't seem like they're serving anybody, in my opinion, but she's right on that one as well. Uh, for far too long, our economic policies have left workers with a short end of the stick. We need to strengthen labor standards and then fight to enforce them. That's why Elizabeth will oppose Trump's new NAFTA 2.0, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so um, where, her, where are her plans for, like, Medicare for all? I don't see anything like that on here. I don't see anything for um, a lot of this stuff that you talk about. I mean, they talk about Medicare for all. They talk about free college tuition. They talk about forgiving the debt um, or debt forgiveness for college students. They talk about, I mean, all kinds of different things like that. And none of that stuff is even on her website anywhere. So uh, all these plans that she talks about, she doesn't really have a plan for that all, all those things. And that's like her motto, man. I have a plan for that. Well, I don't see her plan for that. So I'm just going to go ahead and leave it at that, guys. Okay. Elizabeth Warren does not have a plan for that. That's what we're going to say on this show. You've heard it here first. Elizabeth Warren does not have a plan for that. It doesn't say on our website, and it should say it on our website. I mean, you would presume that she does, but I don't know. I mean, what she's looking to do is bring people into the fold, right? And if on her website it said all kinds of crazy stuff, like let's say grandma is... um normally would vote for Republican, but she's a little bit disenfranchised and she's looking at the candidates and I'm sure there are people that do this because they actually, there are people that actually sit through all these different, um, town, these like town halls that these candidates do, right? Like they'll sit there for like eight hours and listen to these candidates talk. So there are people that actually get online and look at every candidate and try to make a decision on who they're going to vote for. And, um, if she has her website and it says the first page, it says debt forgiveness and Medicare for all and blah, 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 like all these different crazy ideas that are, you know, these far left ideas and stuff, these Bernie Sanders types of ideas. If she had that stuff published first thing on her page, it wasn't hard to find. Maybe it would turn granny away. Who knows? Or maybe it would turn the grandpa away that would otherwise vote for Donald Trump. So um, she's trying to keep it as middle of the road as possible while everyone else knows behind the scenes that she has all those views that I mean her her true fans know that she believes that stuff. that's probably what it is but I don't see the plan for all that and uh that's all I got about that so let's go ahead and uh, wrap up the show guys all right um go ahead if you can subscribe to the show first time listeners if you like what you hear I'll be going over all the candidates for the next several days for you okay and uh if you if you keep on listening you like what you hear every single day five star ratings and reviews are very helpful to me if you want to follow me i on the empire.com also you can check me out i on the empire if you type that into facebook and twitter for those of you that want to support the show you can do that anchor.fm slash ion 2020 and there you'll be able to do a 99 cent 2.99 4.99 and 9.99 uh support level i believe so go ahead and check that out if you'd like to and uh, then you can come on back tomorrow and you'll have clear vision for 2020. Hey guys, I'm excited to announce the new podcast I'm coming out with called 
first year in sales with Ray Eaton. Now, if you're not a salesperson, then it might not be for you, but if you are a salesperson, or if you know another salesperson, go ahead and direct them towards this show. It's gonna be a show that is based upon helping somebody that's in their first year in sales, or maybe even somebody that is in sales already and just wants to brush up on some of the sales skills that they need in order to be successful. I'm focusing on habits and also different parts of the sales process in order to help people to become more successful in their sales job. So like I said, if you know somebody that's in sales or if you yourself are in sales, go ahead and check out this podcast. It's on all of your podcatchers, anything that you would listen to. And that is called First Year in Sales with Ray Ian.